You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We are here in my homeland. We're here doing a whole show on the Waterford County, or I should say how they say it here in Ireland is County Waterford. Yeah, if you walk around saying Waterford County, they think you're talking about someplace in Iowa or Utah or wherever. (laughs) County Waterford. That sounds a little better, doesn't it? Yeah, there we go. This is my homeland. It's where my relatives came from. My great-grandfather and many of his uh, extended relatives were here. We came uh, the first time on a genealogy hunt, the first time we were here trying to find and trace our family roots. And because it was such a quick trip, we wanted to come back and really sort of explore. A lot of of times when people come to Ireland, they're on a really quick sort of prearranged tour where they're doing like Dublin, Clisamore, you know, Ring of Kerry and out. And there is so much to explore in some of the Irish countrysides and just such nice people. Waterford has such a big, huge history as well. There's so many neat things about Waterford in and of itself. We're going to talk about all of those today on today's show, all about County Waterford in Ireland. It's kind of on the southeast coast of Ireland. You can take a ferry here directly from Wales. Which we did. Which was a fun, fun trip and uh, very luxurious. Yeah, it was really great. It was Irish Ferries. And we were actually in South Wales, which we've, you know, you can look on our website and see some of the shows we have done from South Wales, which have been really, really fun. And we thought, well, should we do the traditional thing, which is, you know, take a train back to the airport and fly into Dublin and go down? And we thought, no, we want to do what the locals do. We're going to start taking some ferries. And it was actually our first ferry that we had taken, the Irish Ferries. It was really nice. It was about, what, about four hour four-hour ride. You have a couple of choices when you get on Irish ferries, whether you want to book standard class or you want to book rooms. If if it's a little bit longer, four hours is a little short for a room, but there are a lot of people that booked rooms with kids. We were in the club class, which was great. It was up on the top level and included Wi-Fi and some drinks and everything. And it was really, it was just really nice. It was kind of like a little mini cruise. If you go to travelbrigade.com and click on the hot sheet for today's show, we'll have contact information about all the places we're talking about. We'll also have a link to Irish ferries if you want to go book something there. I was going to say Irish Ferries also does um, ferries from Dublin as well to Northern Wales. So there's a couple of choices, whether you're going into Ireland from South Wales or from the northern part. And if you happen to get into Dublin by ferry or you fly there, which is how a lot of people get into Ireland as they arrive in Dublin, the good news is there is a freeway from Dublin down to Waterford. Now, someone, Very nice, big freeway, big freeway wide, as, wide freeway. <laughs> Irish drivers are much better than us. First of all, they're able to drive on the left. Second of all, they're able to drive on these incredibly tight roads with two-way traffic. Yeah. Narrow roads. All all props to them. Yeah. But as an American trying to drive there, what I loved was that we could just get on the highway and get from Dublin to Waterford. Without our Xanax. So that was always a a nice touch. Um, driving in Ireland is always kind of a fun experience. It's definitely an experience. It's one of those things you have to come put on your bucket list is, you know, I survived driving in Ireland. Yeah, there's been so many improvements on some of these really big highways over the last couple of decades. And so it makes it a lot easier to drive. And Waterford is one of those places that's just directly a straight shot right down from Dublin. So you can actually kind of do two for you can you can either, you know, take the ferry over or you can come spend a few days in Dublin and then spend some time in County Waterford. And it's also a good jumping off point, too, if you want to get over to Cork or you want to get over to the west side of the island, 
you know, Ring of Kerry, Cliffs of Moore, those types of places. Yeah, it's really centrally located. It's very close. Um, the you know the border touches Wexford, and then the other border is Cork. So you've got you've got a lot of uh, things that are in both of those places, and so it's a really kind of yeah, like Jeff said, the kind of good jumping off point as well. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to be talking with Waterford City, the oldest city in Ireland. We're also going to be talking to one of my favorites, the Waterford Crystal Factory, which I'm sure most of you have heard of. Then we're going to go out to the west of the county to the historic town of Lismore. And after we're done with Lismore, we're going to talk a little bit about some other cities that are out there on the west side, Dungarvan and Capaquin. But first coming up, we need to do hot topics in travel, and we're going to the White House. The White House? Did we get an invitation from Obama? Does he love Travel Brigade? Obama loves Travel Brigade. I'm sure he does. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check out our website, travelbrigade.com, or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are here in the motherland, my motherland, here in Ireland, more specifically, County Waterford. We've traced Kathleen's great-grandparents back here. Uh, We've talked to a lot of the locals here, which is part of what's really fun about doing a, a genealogy trip. And we've also found all sorts of fun things to do here great places to eat, great places to stay, and so we wanted to tell you all about them. As a matter of fact, we did an episode all about genealogy travel. You can find that on our website, TravelBrigade.com. Um, it's an amazing episode. It talks. We talk with one of our best little friends there, Helen Kelly, who is she we call her the Mary Poppins of Ireland. She's so sweet, so charming, and she is a genealogy expert. So if you've got any questions about genealogy, you definitely want to get in contact with her. We'll have her information on this uh, this hot sheet as well. But you can check out that website again at travelbrigade.com. Uh, we talk with somebody from a genealogy library. We talk with Helen Kelly and really just kind of learn everything there is to uh, know about kind of tracing your Irish roots. So if that's an interest to you, make sure that you check that out. Before we start exploring around County Waterford, that's not a very good Irish accent, is it? (laughs) But anyway. You English. Before we start exploring around this wonderful county, we first need to do hot topics in travel. Now, I'm a journalist, and when I want answers, I go straight to the top. Is that me? Um, In terms of making decisions around our house, yes. (laughs) But to get information about the travel industry, I went to the White House. Oh. As in whitehouse.gov. As in Obama? As in like White House, White House? That that White House. Ah. I went to whitehouse.gov backslash blog. I didn't know the White House had its own blog. I did not know either. Like when it goes out to dinner, does it like take pictures of its meal and post them? I don't them? know. But I think Travel Brigade should follow the White House blog and then the White House blog will follow Travel Brigade. That's the way it works. <laughs> there we go. Well, This one is about the travel industry and tourism industry. And, you know, we went through a recession in the United States Mm -hmm. and it shows that the latest numbers show that the tourism industry is increasing, particularly in jobs. It went up to 7.6 million jobs in 2013. That's up 146,000 jobs from 2012. Spending on travel and tourism went up to 1.5 trillion in 2013. That's a 4.1% increase 
over 2012, and I can only imagine that the numbers have grown from 2013 and here into 2014. Well, I am so glad to know that my travel dollars are going to good use to create jobs. I'm going to feel better about spending my money on travel now. It's patriotic. Yeah, that's my new theme. I'm going to be like, but I'm building structure. I'm building, you know, solid jobs and foundations. I'm going to Vegas for the weekend to (laughs) drink and gamble and go to clubs, and it's patriotic. It is. If you think about it, we're creating jobs. We're pioneers. (laughs) No, it is. It is a growing industry, and uh, you know, that's. Well, I was I was going to say one thing that kind of just popped in my head was when we did a um, we we went to Long Beach a couple years ago, and I actually grew up in Southern California, and Long Beach was shall we say, kind of the dump of the, <laughs> I mean, it was it was not a very nice place. And they had spent so much money revitalizing the pier near the Queen Mary, the aquarium, there's hotels there, there's the Strand there, there's all these like really cool places. Apparently their economy and their tourism is just gigantic since they put all this money in. And, and I think that that's like some pe- thing that people need to think about is like, yeah, if you put money into things and make it a destination where people want to go, it really can be like an, an anchor for jobs, an anchor for your economy there in the local city. Coming up, we've got an interview with Waterford City. It's the oldest city in Ireland. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin, my co-host. We are here discussing Waterford, and I wouldn't say in, in, in America you'd say Waterford County, but that's not the way it's said there in Ireland. It's County Waterford. Yeah, I keep walking around saying, hey, we're in Waterford County. <laughs> And I'm getting some strange looks. <laughs> it is. It's a reversal on what we're used to, but it is kind of, you know, the, how, how things are there. And we've been uh, learning all about Waterford County. I being here drawn because this is where my family roots are from, but everywhere from little townlands to the west to Waterford, the big Waterford city in the central. Yeah, we want to talk about Waterford City. It is uh, a beautiful city and a great place to visit. Here to tell us more about it is Lynn Cahill. She's with Waterford City Tourism. And Lynn, tell us a little bit about how we are in the oldest city in Ireland. Well, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Waterford is Ireland's oldest city. And it dates back, we're actually, this year is, is a very big year for us. We're 1,100 years old this oh, wow. year. So it was founded in 914 AD when uh, Vikings from Norway came up uh, the river shore. They, they would have come up the estuary, um, which is uh, basically if you look at a map of Ireland and you look at the southeast and you see where Warford is, the city itself sits on an estuary, um, which is about 12 kilometers from the coast. So the Vikings came up there and they settled here because um, it's, it's, I suppose, a very sheltered area. Uh, the name Waterford is the, it's the only city in Ireland that retains its Viking name. So it, it, tra- it translates into Vagra Fjord, which, um, even though it sounds like it could be Waterford, it's actually um, something about the shelter. Uh, I think it's the, uh, shelter from the winds, I think it means, or something like that, very old language. Um, so uh, what's the old name for Waterford is Valdra Fjorda, 
Um, the Vikings, I mean, I suppose you can really see the what they left behind here. Um, we have an area of the city uh, known as the Viking Triangle because you can still see the streetscapes that the Vikings uh, developed here. Um, we still have, for example, one of our, our streets uh, in the Viking Triangle is known as Olaf Street. We would have a little church there called Olaf St. Olaf Church. Um, and it, it's a compact area that, um, thankfully, we received um, some funding from central government to really develop that historic side um, over the last five years. So we have the most wonderful buildings that had, had been left to us by the Vikings and then the Normans. So we received 11 million euro from the government and we, we, we took that. Uh, funding and we've really developed this area and it really has become a very popular visitor destination uh, particularly among um, people from from America and Canada I think a lot of people from America and Canada particularly have would have roots in this area there was a lot of emigration uh, from from Waterford to um, to Newfoundland to Montana um, and also also the east coast to the New York New York and and the Boston area so there's, there are great connections. Uh, yes, and I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> you one of them, exactly. Yes. And, you know, so, I think and, it's always kind of interesting. Yes, you're talking about the history and the tie and all that. And, and you can't think, I think the first thing that people think of when they hear the word Waterford without knowing very much is they think of Waterford Crystal. Yes, and funnily enough, one visitor recently commented how lovely it was that this lovely city was was named after a crystal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he got it the wrong way around. <laughs> um, we have the, the Crystal Centre is fantastic, and actually, what's wonderful now is um, it, that that's right in the heart of the Viking Triangle, and then directly across the road from that, we would have. I don't know if your listeners are are familiar with Downton Abbey. Um, oh yeah, uh-huh. which is the the English TV series. It's very popular. Yes, it's very popular here our, as well. We, we, sorry, I said it's very popular here as well. Oh, it's good. Oh, good. You have it in the states. Yes. yes. Well, um, we have a sort of a mini Downton Abbey, um, right in the Viking Triangle. This would be a, a building known as the Bishop's Palace, and that dates back to the 1700s. And a lot of these uh, places that I'm talking about, people can see. We have a, a website called WaterfordTreasures.com, and you can actually go on there and see see the the places that I'm talking about. I suppose the other one um, of particular note, uh, which has won a, a lot of awards, is uh, the Medieval Museum. It's the only medieval museum in Ireland. And again, this is in the Viking Triangle area. And we have some real treasures in here. For example, we have the only piece of clothing left in the world to survive that was worn by King Henry VIII, wow. the English monarch who had six wives. We have a hat. And actually, the hat is made of gold bullion threads. Um, and this is, it's obviously a, a, a phenomenal treasure and it's on play in the medieval museum. Waterford was very loyal to the English crown, funnily enough, over the centuries. So we were granted some really uh, fine pieces. We have these, um, uh, we have a sword as well that was given to us by Henry VII. So I, I hope that people um, listening to the show will, will put us on their, their wish list when they're, when they're coming over. And mm-hmm. I suppose what's wonderful about Waterford is it's, I think it's quite new to the market in terms of visitors um, where they're thinking of going. You know, traditionally people would look at Ireland and they'd very much say, oh, we'll go to Dublin or we'll go to the Ring of Kerry. Exactly. Uh, you know, 
Whereas Waterford hasn't really been in people's minds and that's really started to change now. Well, or they go, and I think that's the one thing we were thinking is that people do, or it's something like sometimes on a tour or whatever, it's like a very quick stop at the factory, you know, the crystal factory and then out instead of kind of like spending time there because there's so many things to do there. And you know what? That's so frustrating. I saw it myself today. There was a, a group from America in and they were going into the crystal and then they, they got off the bus, went into the crystal, came back out and got yep. on the bus. And I, I was standing there going, oh, my God, you're going to miss so much. You're yeah. just going to miss so much of what we have. But look, that's because, you know, that's that's they're on a they're on a prepackaged tour. And right. that's fine. You know, they're but but um, I suppose we, we would say to people, look, if you're looking at those those um, uh, options, maybe try and choose one that that allows you to stay in Waterford for a little bit longer. So you might have a couple of hours free time. And then you can just come across the road and see all the, the other things that we have on offer here. Now tell um, us a little bit about thing- like where Waterford, you know, I mean, Waterford County is, is, a, is a pretty large county. And we've spent time, um, my relatives came from the western part near Lismore, Capaquin area. But, but Waterford City is the, you know, the prime, you know, the city, as they say, um, of the area. Tell us kind of in, in, you know, where you are in locale and kind of where Waterford City sits in the county of Waterford. Well, I'll take it from Dublin because I, I, would, I would think most people know where Dublin is. I would so think. So basically, yeah, yeah it's, it, if you think um, Ireland is look, shaped like a teddy bear. Oh, um, right. Okay. And uh, <laughs> if you look at the map of the world and you see Ireland, it's a sort of a sideways teddy bear. And um, his feet are Kerry, you know, down where Kerry is. Right. And his head is Northern Ireland. So um, Dublin, I suppose, is down his spine, maybe about halfway, three quarters of the way down his spine. So when you arrive into Dublin, you tar- basically you just turn left and you go down. <laughs> on a one-way highway. Well, I was just going to say on and and. As someone who tried to drive in Ireland, sometimes successfully, sometimes <laughs> not, driving on the left in very uh, tight quarters, the great thing about getting to Waterford is there is a highway directly from Dublin to Waterford. And uh, as, as an American used to wide streets, it was, it was a godsend. Yeah, and you can do it in about an hour and 40 minutes from Dublin Airport, which is fantastic. And you never, ever have to get off the highway once you're on it. The, the, it actually arrives into just before the city and then you go over a bridge and you've got this beautiful mile long quay um, where, which is, you're basically in Waterford City. I suppose the reality is, um, you know, in terms of numbers, there's something like 46,000 people live in Waterford City. So it's quite, it's quite small. Um, it isn't a big bustling metropolis. It's 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 like a a small city, and I think that's one of its the things that really uh, appeals to to people. You know, once you arrive here, um, you don't have to go anywhere else for you know you can you can park your car or you know if you come by train or whatever, and then you can spend some time here just walking around, and you don't have to get any more public transport anywhere else. You know, that's one thing we really loved about it was, yeah, it had a city feel, but it, it we didn't feel like, you know, we were being overrun or anything. Yeah, we parked we parked down near the Viking Triangle. We walked around, did some shopping, went to, you know, museums and exhibits. And it was a really nice day because we, we did feel like we were in a city, but it was a very, you know, contained area. And one thing we really loved, too, is being by the river there, which is the host to the Tall Ships event that you guys host every year. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, the, the, the Tall Ships is actually, it's a huge festival. 
and um, it, it, it isn't actually an annual festival. It's it, it's um, we we've held it. I think every it was the first one was 2005, and then we did it in 2011. It only comes your way every couple of years, and then it might move. I think Dublin have had it, uh, Belfast have had it. Um, why it works so well in Waterford is that the tall ships can come right along the quay. But um, we're very lucky to have a lot of festivals here. Um, I suppose we feel that Waterford punches above its weight in terms of, of festivals. We're, it's a very cultured city. Uh, for example, coming up very soon, um, we would have a food festival called the Harvest Festival. And that's where the city basically becomes a massive open air market for a couple of days. We close down all the streets and all these kind of local food producers come in and the emphasis is on from farm to fork. Um, so you would, you know, we, we tell the story of our food heritage through, through this festival. Um, we would have a big arts festival then um, later in the year. And then at Christmas, we would have an annual, a very, very big festival in Ireland called Winterville. And that is, um, that is a, a month-long Christmas festival um, here in Waterford. And we, people come from all over for that. It, literally, the city is transformed into, you know, a big Christmas festival. And a lot of the events that we put on for that are free, um, which has a big appeal for people. You know, they don't, I think Christmas is expensive enough for people uh, without having to, to shell out more money for events. So a lot of what we do is, you know, we would put in um, like an animal farm right in the middle of the city. You can come and see <laughs> reindeer and um, all these weird animals uh, for very much aimed at, at, at the family families coming in, you know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very, very lucky with festivals. And um, we also, we would run quite a, a lot of kind of Viking themed events throughout the year. Uh, so people come along, we, we recreate what Viking life would have been like in, in the Viking Triangle. So we would have these very much, you know, these very atmospheric kind of marketplaces with people in costume doing, um, you know, minting coins and pottery and making bread and um, just a really wonderful atmosphere. It's lovely. Tell us a little bit about, um, I know the Waterford uh, participated in, in Ireland's gathering and they did the water for the gathering. Tell us a little bit about that and about people like me that are coming to trace our Irish roots and, and wanting to become more familiar from the place where our ancestors came from. Well, the gathering, the gathering was really, I think, one of the first times that people in Ireland really connected with the diaspora, where that sense of people reaching out to those generations that were lost to us, if you like, who left mm-hmm. and went away and, and, and re- reaching out and saying, you're actually part of this, come, come back and have a look and come back and find your roots. Or, um, and it was, it was an extremely authentic um, initiative because communities, really small communities, um, took this on. And the, the amount of kind of volunteerism that it, it um, I suppose, it, it initiated um, has carried that legacy has carried on, and you find that um, people have made connections like yourself with with where you came from, and you have a, an interest in it now. And I would hope that you even you know maybe met some people who you could um, ask gen- genuinely ask them about you know the history of the area or your own family's history of the area. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the locals. We spent the most of our time, you know, in, in County Waterford when we were there in Ireland last. And it, and it is kind of nice not doing a very different trip, I guess I should say, not doing that hop on or have to be on itinerary. I have to get to the Ring of Care. I have to get to Cliff the Moor, you know, like 
really getting to know the people and the area. And that is such a different experience. It's such a different connection. People were really, really friendly everywhere we went. And get this, I, here's, here's a newsflash. Irish people love to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you tell? I've been talking nonstop. You know, it's, it is actually true because I, I work as the, the tourism officer here in the city. And one of my favorite things at lunchtime is to go out. Um, I, I'm working across the street from the Viking Triangle. And there's this beautiful new statue of Strongbow and Aoife. And uh, people like getting their picture taken. And I find myself going over there. They, they, they use it for photographs. Right. I find myself going over there and chatting to people because I was just genuinely interested to know, well, where, where have you come from? Why are you here? And right. I even did it today. I met a, a couple from Oregon who were there. And um, yeah, you're right. We, we do like talking to people. And that, that when people say Irish people are friendly, yes, w- when you walk into a local pub here and strike up a conversation, people will talk to you. Yeah, and yeah. They have a, they're, they're interested, but they're also nosy. They'll want to know about your family and, you know, so be, be warned. And, the, and let know, me tell you, that, that carries on for generations <laughs> even after you've left the country, as my husband will tell you. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about where people can find out information about Waterford, where they can plan their vacation to Waterford, uh, contact information. Well, I suppose starting with the notion of if you think you have family roots in Waterford, I'd send you to um, a website called waterfordgathering.com. And this was a site we put up especially for people who uh, were interested in coming to Waterford. Um, uh, We've put up a lot of the genealogy services that we have up there. Mm -hmm. So if you can make your way to waterfordgathering.com and have a look, we've put up, you know, local resources, online resources, articles, Waterford parishes, things like that. So that's a good starting point if you think you have a, a Waterford connection. I suppose you, the other thing we would say is, look, if you don't have a connection, if you your family come from Ireland, but you're not 100% sure, we, we're happy to, to, you know, welcome you, come along. Ireland is such a small place. You know, you will, if you, if you, if you get talking to enough people and they hear your surname, Irish people would even have a sense of maybe from your surname, whereabouts in the country you might be from. Yeah, yeah. Like my name, for example, would be a very strong Cork name or a Galway name. So, you know, people can tell if your name has an MC in front of it, there's a very good chance that you could come from maybe the northern, northern part of the country. And uh-huh. So it's a good thing just to even start with things like that. It's amazing the the history. I mean, I could I could go on and tell you stories just about our experiences meeting people and and how one person connected with another person and yeah and yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's 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 such a different. Like I said, I can't explain it other than it's a completely different uh, experience uh, to have. You know, while you're there. So absolutely. And I suppose if people then just want to plan a trip to to Ireland. Um, I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the country itself has a, would have a very big, I think it's tourismireland.com, we would have a very big uh, international site, you know, so that's probably a, go- a good place to start. Right. Um, and then you can, in terms of Waterford, we would have a, a site here now, it's, it's going to change in the next couple of months, but we would have a website called discoverwaterfordcity.ie. And uh, the, the .ie is our, you know, like your .com, so right. .ie is for Ireland. So, um, or just type "visit Waterford" into the into Google, and I'm sure, yes, that's always. We'll also have information on our hot sheet for today's show, 
and we will connect at all any updated uh, web links there so people can get a hold of that information. Lynn, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And again, we'll have information on the hot sheet. You can check that out at travelbrigade.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade and more coming up on County Waterford after this. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. I have brought this English fellow to my homeland to learn more about Waterford. Again, from the interview, you can see there's so much to do here in Waterford City as well as just the surrounding areas. And we're going to be talking about more of those. But there is one interview we have coming up next, which is actually one of my favorite places here in Waterford. Yeah, If you go up to the average person on the street and say Waterford, what do you think they're first like connection is going to be um the waterford crystal factory as a matter of fact that was so funny when we did the interview and they were talking about how a lot of people think that the city was named after the crystal factory instead of the other way around i thought that was really funny but um i have a few pieces of waterford there are many professional athletes who have pieces of waterford because any like really cool trophy you see in professional sports that's made out of crystal it was made at the waterford crystal factory True. I didn't exactly get it from doing the, you know, Tour de France or something like that or the U.S. Open or something like that. I just I just like to purchase it for my personal use. But I actually do have a couple pieces and I really love it. One thing that's really cool in Waterford is you can go visit and tour the Waterford Crystal Factory. And shop. And then when you come out, there's a <laughs> there's a there's a shop right there. And, and they, let me tout duty free and they can ship. OK, that's my plug. I love it. <laughs> Coming up, we've got an interview with the Waterford Crystal Factory to find out more about this this historic brand that is known worldwide. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll have contacts for everyone on this show in our hot sheet for today's show. And you can check that out on our website, travelbrigade.com. Make sure you while you're doing that, you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, and we will be right back. Travel Brigade, tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We have been doing this week's show about County Waterford. Again, not Waterford County, like we would say here in the U.S., but County Waterford. And one of the more popular attractions there, and of course, very dear and dear to my heart and to my cabinet up in my China cabinet, is Waterford Crystal. Yeah, it's so much fun to see somebody who is the best at what they do, do their job. Are you talking about me? Well, <laughs> I'm also talking about the folks at Waterford okay, Crystal. Okay, I guess, I guess cutting Crystal is probably a little bit more difficult than what we do. <laughs> we just get on a mic and start pretending like we know we're yeah. talking about, yeah. But no, uh, Waterford Crystal is, you know, known world round as the best crystal. And you can actually go watch them, make it, cut it, finish product and buy some. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. At the Waterford Crystal Factory tour. Here to tell us more about it is David McCoy, who is with Waterford Crystal Factory. David, tell us about this tour and why it is so popular there. Well, the Waterford Crystal Factory tour is, uh, is very popular because as a brand, we started out 
and decided that we'd give people the opportunity to see how we do things from, the, from a drawing right through to blowing and cutting a crystal, piece of crystal. And very few manufacturers around the world give people full access because of safety issues, because of trade issues and so forth. But we were confident in terms of what we do and the skills we have, the craft we have, that we needed to share that with people. So you get a true appreciation of of the quality and the craftsmanship that is that makes Waterford Crystal what it is today. And lots of people have pieces of water that got it over um, as gifts and presents. And there's always in special occasions to get it from, but they actually never get an opportunity to see how that magic is created. So the factory is unique in that way. There's very few factories uh, around the world that give you full access to the craftspeople to see how we turn an idea from a drawing into a finished piece of product. Well, I'll tell you, David, after walking through myself, I can tell you one thing. I can't cut a piece of crystal like that, so there's no no worries there that I'll... It wasn't like I was going to go home and knew a, do a new craft project, like, hey, I'm going to start cutting crystal chandeliers now. Well, well, and that was one of the amazing things to learn about is what training these guys have I to know, go it's through amazing. to be able to do that and to be qualified and, and uh, take several years of training. That's right. Like craft people, it's, 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 it's up to seven years to become a master cutter or a master blower. Which and is because, more than like, like a doctor or a lawyer, just FYI. Well, different skills. And yes. I suppose at times they're, they're both as important um, if you're looking for product specific things they made. Um, but in terms of the crystal manufacturer itself, as you've been through the factory, you saw the crystal uh, being melted in very high temperatures and you're learning how to use that material. And the shapes we use, we can literally make anything in crystal that it takes a long time to master the art of actually blowing correctly into, into a mold, actually shaping and forming the crystal. And having the confidence to do that in a, in a very precise and uh, intricate way. The same as cutting a piece, like we have over two and a half thousand regular lines in, in, in our catalogue. And as you saw on the tour itself, the, the cutters don't actually have all the production drawn in front of them. They have a at last marked, which gives them a starting point and a finishing point. And they have to remember the designs, um, the Lismore designs, the Colleen's, all these famous designs water have, and they just, over time, just mask the art, just putting a piece up there, and off they go and cut the piece. And as you saw on the tour there, the confidence and expertise, they just make it look so simple. They're just spinning a piece on a wheel, and over a period of time, it becomes just completely finished. And it takes years of practice and so forth. It's no different to a sports person, people who are great in, in their fields, whether golfers, um, tennis players. It's years of practice and practice. And... That's how the Waterford craft people develop the skills, is this search of excellence being fantastic at what you do. Speaking of sports, as a sports fan, one of the fun things was seeing all of the trophies. Yeah, the signature pieces there. you have, yeah. Um, the, the crystal ball that was given for the BCS National Championship game. Um, they did one for Mariano Rivera uh, retiring last year. I think uh, there was one they were working on for Derek Jeter retiring. Um, just all these, I started realizing if you see a famous sports trophy with crystal in it, it's from Waterford. Waterford. It was really amazing to see all these different fun projects they do. That's it. Like a big part of our business is actually uh, signature uh, sporting events. Uh, The way we look at it, a lot of the great sports people in the world like to get a piece of water because we believe we're the best craftspeople. We're best at what we do and they want the best products. And one of the unique things about working with Crystal is we believe we can create anything in Crystal. And time with sporting events, we're just finished a piece there. 
this week for the Crow Park Classic where University of Central Florida will play Penn State in Ireland. And we created a unique uh, American football helmet. Oh, there um, you go. It's a full-sized helmet with a metal uh, guard placed in front of it. Again, it's just one of those unique pieces. People are amazed that we actually create these pieces of, of crystal. But and a lot of our pieces have been around for a while. But one of the other things about our designs, we always search for, for style, elegance, and timeless, that it does have longevity and it does capture the beauty and art of the sport that it's, be, it's being presented for. You know, I was going to say one thing about the, the workers there. It's, you know, they're master cutters and all this. But what's interesting is it, it, they really kind of work like a ballet. I mean, you sit there and watch them and there's there's not a lot of talking that's going on. They all sort of just know what each other's doing. They one starts something, somebody comes behind to take hot glass. It's just like, it's like, it's so ingrained in what they're doing and it's incredible. One of the things I wanted to talk about is, um, well, first of all, Waterford is near and dear to my heart because in the 1800s, my great grandfather uh, had done some work there at the Waterford Crystal Factory and um, what was really interesting is one of your popular designs, which is the Lismore design. I had always knew about that, but our family, actually tracing our family roots, they're actually were in a little town right outside of Lismore in Capaquin. And so that was really kind of interesting to know that and then to learn a little bit more about the Lismore uh, line and really seeing Lismore Castle and then sort of seeing some things from the Lismore line and seeing kind of where they're pulling or drawing it from. I, f- I found that fascinating. Well, that's one of the great things about Waterford. Like, Waterford is about quality products, but it's also about romance. It's about celebrating things in life. And we've taken inspiration from many, from many things. And one of the most famous um, landmarks we've taken is the Lismore Castle, inspired by the architecture of that building. And over time, that design has evolved. We produced that design over 60 years, but we reinterpreted it on new shapes uh, and slightly altered cutting. But it captures one of the great things at Waterford is that the simplicity, uh, the elegance, the style that's in it. And we, we use music, arts, landmarks, but it's also come, coming back to a sentiment, a special occasion, actually why you should have Waterford. Because most people who mention Waterford, they always talk about that special occasion or that special place. And we try to put those stories into the pieces we create. Because Lismore Castle is a special place in the region of Waterford. And again, the architecture and building that created is beautiful when you're out there. So the pieces we created reflect those things. Well, they're absolutely be beautiful. Tell um, the tour is about one hour. Tell people where they can get information about the tour or visiting there, uh, the showcase there. Well, you can go to our website, um, the House of Waterford Crystal website. And we have full information where you can buy your ticket online. We give you a quick insight in terms of what the tour is, what you can see. In essence, you'll see everything from start to finish in terms of producing crystal. For a lot of people who are holidaying in Ireland, we're ideal uh, if you head to the Cork and Kerry region or en route there. So our website gives you places to stay, uh, route itineraries, and also the magic you're going to see if you get an opportunity to come to see Waterford. And when you're done with the tour, there's actually a showcase room there where you can buy things. Kathleen showed up with an empty suitcase ready to fill it. <laughs> but we found out you guys will ship it back home for us. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll ship the product worldwide. And that's tax one of the free, things. Tax-free. Tax-free. We take the tax back <laughs> off. That's it. One of the great things about the store is it's the biggest retail store Waterford has anywhere in the world. And we get an opportunity to kind of celebrate and indulge a little bit in terms of the pieces we have in, on show. But we also case for everyone's pocket. There's, there's pieces there for $30. Well, I did try and pick up the big harp when I was there. 
and a few other kind of big pieces. Jeff was kind of like, where are we going to put it? I said, does it matter? Really? Well, <laughs> Again, you didn't get an opportunity to cut uh, to play the harp. I mean, it, that well, harp you can actually play. <laughs> oh, I was afraid to touch it. I was <laughs> that I thought I really might be bringing the harp home with me. You never know. <laughs> So, well, thank you so much for spending time with us again. Check out our website, uh, travelbrigade.com. We will also put information on Waterford Crystal on our website for today's show, and you can check that out there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, and we will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We are here in County Waterford. Well, Jeff, I only could carry so much of my Waterford crystal out the door. So the rest, I hope you don't mind, I'm just shipping it back home. As long as it doesn't get broken. <laughs> oh, no, they packed it well. So there's shipping, and and then I'm also going to bring carrying. Carrying, mini-me. I even got mini-me addicted to it. It's genetic. <laughs> I I think so. She was like, it's so beautiful. Can I get one too? Oh, sure. See, it is quite possibly. I love the Waterford Crystal Factory. But again, the Waterford Crystal Factory is sort of like the the draw for many, many people in this area to come to the city. But as you can see, there's so much more to do. And not just in Waterford City itself, but also kind of in the surrounding areas that we're going to get to later in the show. But we wanted to talk about accommodations here in County Waterford, which I think is always really fun to talk about accommodations, especially when you come to a place like this. You're not in a big, big city. And so the kind of variety of accommodations you have is a lot wider in County Waterford. That is not an exception. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the variety of accommodations. We actually were able to stay in a couple of different types of hotels while we're here, or accommodations is a better word. But first of all, um, we stayed in a really great place. It's actually, we can see it from the Waterford Crystal Factory, it's Athenaeum House. Yeah, it's a sort of an old house converted into a modern hotel, so to speak. A, a guest, it's more of a guest house. Yeah, a guest not house. A, not would... a, hotel sounds too huge. It's much yeah. more charming than that. Yes, it's a guest house. That's a better word for it. With its own restaurant on site, a terrific restaurant. And then the backyard um, there, so the restaurant serves breakfast for the patrons that are there, but it also is open for for the community in the evening. But what's really beautiful is in the backyard, they have this huge, beautiful green grass area backyard, and it looks over the river, and you can actually see the clock tower from from right downtown in downtown Waterford. So it's it's really a fun place to stay. Another place in Waterford is for many people want to come to a place like Ireland and they want to stay in a castle and do a castle stay. Waterford Castle has several types of accommodations, but the castle itself is sitting on a private island right there off of Waterford City. And it's it really kind of just brings you back in time. You kind of get over to this little island in your own in your own little place um they offer things like archery uh they do have tennis but they you know clay pigeon shooting just things like that that sort of just you won't be spending your time sitting in front of a tv you sort of get embedded in the culture there so that's always kind of a really fun thing and we've stayed in a couple of places around ireland in places like that in other counties and they've just been really really a great thing another you know of course you have your typical hotel stays there's there's typical hotels in all the cities there um some bed and breakfast ireland are known for their bed and breakfast the traditional irish breakfast that includes brown bread which is like a soda bread but with uh, a wheat bread or dark delicious and then one of the things that we did which was our first time was actually we stayed at a private estate stay we actually stayed at white church house that was near not too far from capaquin but it was in this really 
great estate that they had converted half of it to private apartments. And we had a beautiful stay on a beautiful estate. There were horses there. And we basically had a kitchen in our own little, you know, Minnie Me had her own room. And it was just a, it re- that really felt to me like you were embedded in the culture there. Well, I also felt like we were incredibly rich that we had this estate, <laughs> estate <laughs> um, that with this huge, you know, uh, this huge backyard. It's not even a backyard. What do you call that? A courtyard in the back. Yeah. And uh, it, it felt luxurious. And it, it was. It was. It was something about. We just thought, you know, we could just, we could just retire here. So I started looking at properties, and we'll see where that goes. But it was really, um, again, very different. And I think that's one of the things that we wanted to sort of talk about. And I know we'll um, leave a contact uh, for some different places that you can book here while you're in Waterford, and we'll leave that on the hot sheet as well. But again, anything from a traditional hotel to a guest house like Athenaeum to a private estate stay like we did at White Church House to the Waterford Castle, uh, many of the bed and breakfasts, and those are rated by um, many different agencies, but also Visit Ireland rates those. So that's always nice to know kind of, you know, what kind of feedback they are, what kind of, you know, level of service you'll be getting there. But you can do that. And and I was going to say that estate day was actually on the west part of, which is kind of more the rest of our show when we're talking about Lismore, Capaquin, and Dungarvan. Yeah, we're going to move out of Waterford City right now and head west to some really charming little towns, the first of which is Lismore. We're going to have a list more interview coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin, and we are doing an entire show on County Waterford. That's right. They don't say Waterford County there in Ireland. Everything is county first, not like Orange County like we do here in the United States. One of the highlights while you're in there in Waterford is Lismore. Yeah, when you picture a picturesque little Irish town in your mind, Lismore is what comes up. That's true. It's set along the beautiful river. There's a beautiful river. And as soon as you pull into Lismore, there's a gigantic castle right when you walk through. Yeah, not just a castle, but a castle perfectly situated on a hill so that as you drive by, it's just it's twice as awesome to look yes. at. Yes, <laughs> quite, it's quite beautiful there. It's a fun place to visit. And here to tell us more is Mala Fahi, and she's with the Lismore Heritage Center. And Mala, tell us a little bit about the history of this amazing little town. Okay, well, um, hi, Jeff. Uh, hi, Kathleen. Uh, we're um, situated on the Blackwater River, as you said, and it's a, a beautifully um, positioned castle. Castle was first uh, founded, uh, I suppose, in the late, in the early 1200s, but the town itself has been in existence since about 636, oh. when it was founded by St. Carthage. Yes, so St. Carthage came down from Rahan. He was expelled from his monastery and arrived in Lismore and uh, built his monastery on a list just outside of the town where it's situated today. And it became a university city. It was a university town in the 800s. So it's got quite a long history. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, obviously, the castle's a highlight, but it is a private castle. Is that correct? 
It is, yes. It's owned by the Duke of Devonshire. Um, his son, actually, Lord Burlington, um, is here quite a bit at the moment and his family. But uh, you can actually rent out the castle for on a weekly basis and um, you rent it, I think it's for 12 people. Um, so it is available like that, but other than that, it's private for the day visitor. So what you can do in the castle is visit the gardens and in the Heritage Centre here, we have all the history of it. We do a joint ticket, which between the two visitor attractions, it's just 10 euro to visit both. You have the gardens where they also have an art gallery where they host a lot of modern exhibitions. So the modern exhibitions will be in the gallery in the old building. It's quite a good contrast. And then you have the beautiful gardens there and the Heritage Centre where we have all the history of it. That's what I was going to say. Tell us a little bit about the Heritage Centre. The Heritage Centre, is it was established 22 years ago, and uh, we're always inventing new things to do. But what we have here is an audiovisual. It's a story on the history of Lismore. It's 25 minutes long. And we also have panels explaining the history of the town, where it came from, monastic Lismore. And we also have a room dedicated to Robert Boyle, the scientist. And Robert Boyle was born here at Lismore Castle and lived here for the first part of his life. And we also have a Robert Boyd Summer School, which we run every year. And we've had some very prominent um, historians and scientists from the United States over to visit us, Lawrence Principe being one of them, Michelle DeMio, another one, who are experts on Boyle. And they actually come and lecture here during Boyle Summer School during July. Oh, wow. Tell us a little bit about the town itself and maybe some highlights. We know there's the castle, but I'm sure there's some little hidden gems there with restaurants or places to stay. Yeah, well, you have the cathedral is the next, uh, you know, place to visit in the town. Uh, you can come to the Heritage Centre, get a map of the town and get some information on the restaurants. There's some beautiful little cafes, the Rustic Cafe, the Summer House, the Lismore House Hotel is very good for accommodation. Um, and there's some nice little bed and breakfast just on the outlying areas of the town, one of them being an eco bed and breakfast. So you oh, can yeah, stay there and save that, your yeah. footprint. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, it's it's a really pretty town, as I say, and um, very peaceful and quiet. I think when people arrive in here, they get a real sense of uh, relaxation and calm. And it's, it's a really a gorgeous Millennium Park just across the road from the Heritage Centre where you can sit down and listen to the water flow by. I actually went to the Heritage Center and saw the, the video that you're talking about. I thought oh, yeah. it was really interesting. And I also noticed there in the Heritage Center, we actually picked up some um, little pieces, uh, um, some art. There's art crafts and things. Yes, That's from local right, artists. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, we have, we have a policy of, of displaying a work by local artists. And this year what has happened is they, they would normally come in and rent out space in the Heritage Center to display their um, goods and we'd sell some of it for them. But this year we've actually opened up a collective craft shop up the town where they all come in and you can actually see them making their crafts, their ceramics, leather goods, um, you know, crystal engraving, because um, Waterford being famous for the crystal, of course. Right. And then um, we also have uh, jewellery making as well. So it's the Lismore Craft Collective and they're up on the Lismore Heritage Towns website, which is lismoreheritagetowns.com. And um, you can see all their, their work there. The other thing that we did when we were there was picking up um, some local maps of the old townlands. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that kind of come through and trace their their Irish Absolutely. roots and they have those there in the historical center as well. Yes, we do. We try and like cater for everybody and a lot of the people coming through here are looking for a connection and oftentimes, you know, they go away from us here and come back the next day and say, my God, we were sitting beside our cousin in the pub, you know, <laughs> and they discover these things. Literally, it's it's so amazing. It's a small, small world here in Ireland. But um, where it is more is situated is, as I say, on the Blackwater River, but it's actually 
on the N72, which is an alternative route to take if you're going to Killarney from Rosslare. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people take the N25 route, which is the main road along by the coast and that, but it's very, very pretty if you come up along the river and come inland and on the N72. There's a place just outside of the town called the V, and in May and June, it's covered in rhododendrons, so it's completely pink, and it's got a fantastic view of uh, Tipperary, Kilkenny, and um, Waterford. So it's, it's a really interesting place to see at this time of the year, or any time of the year, really. Well, again, and there's the Irish hospitality that you always get anywhere where you're in Ireland. We had such an amazing time. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And we will put uh, information about the Heritage Center on our hot sheet for today's show. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are here in County Waterford here in Ireland, having such a wonderful time um, kind of enjoying the county from Waterford City all the way now to the West End. And of course, I love Lismore. It's just a beautiful place. There's a beautiful castle, and it happens to be one of my favorite patterns in the Waterford Crystal. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. If you go to the Waterford Crystal Factory and see what they call their Lismore pattern, it's taken from the windows in Lismore Castle, and you can go, you know, see the similarities. Moving on from Lismore, we're going to be heading on now to Capaquin and Dungarvan, and we were really lucky to stumble upon the man we've got an interview with. His name is Kevin McCarthy. He's lived in the area his whole life, and he's a history teacher. So he he knows his history, particularly his Irish history. And it was really kind of fun how we met him. We uh, emailed that we were going to be coming, one of the local history organizations. And as we've had with every Irish encounter here, everybody was really friendly, got right back to us and said, hey, come on over. You're welcome here. We're We're chatty Irish people. What can I say? No, so welcoming. We've had such a great time here. Up next, that interview. And again, we'll have contact information on today's hot sheet, which you can check out at our website, TravelBrigade.com. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin. We are doing a whole show on County Waterford, a very popular county south of Dublin. Some people go there just to uh, enjoy Waterford. There's lots of other cities out through Waterford, and a lot of them are on the way to some bigger destinations or people that they know about things like like Cork or whatever. And a lot of the little Western towns we're talking about too, because a lot of them are on the way and they're kind of destinations in of themselves that sometimes get a little lost off the map. One of our favorite places on this last trip we took was a little town called Capaquin and another town on the way too called Dungarvan. And we were very lucky. We met a man named Kevin McCarthy from Capaquin who happens to be a history teacher and knows the history of the area and is also just a really fun guy to hang out yeah. with and talk to, as we found out, as most Irishmen are. That's right, the Irish hospitality. 
We're welcoming Kevin here. Kevin, tell us a little bit about the history of these towns, Capricorn and Dungarvan, in the uh, western area of County Waterford. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Hi, Kathleen. Um, I, I suppose it's difficult to know where to start uh, previously. I mean, the whole of Irish history in many respects passes through areas like Capricorn, you know, whether it's warfare, uh, whether it's invasions by Vikings, by Normans, you know, even things like the traditional accent here. Uh, to a certain extent, was influenced by the Vikings who came here 1,100 years ago, by the Normans who came here and brought a French accent with them, uh, sort of uh, 800 years ago. You know, so uh, almost everything about you know we've so many little castles built by invaders over the years, um, monasteries, landlords' houses, all many of which are open to visit to to the general public and to tourists. You know, so yeah, you know, when, area, you know. Yeah, and when we were there, it's kind of interesting how we kind of ran into Capricorn is because I think, as you well know, we were there doing some stuff on tracing my family roots. And I actually had um, some great grandparents that were married in Capricorn. So we came there to St. Mary's. That was the first time we had come. And we went for really literally about 24 hours, um, maybe only six hours one day and kind of six hours the next day and the area. And we knew when we went, we're like, we have to come back and spend more time. So we actually spent about four or five days there in the area. And just, I don't know, it was just such a great, great time to sort of connect there and learn about the history and, you know, check out places like Dungarvan. We haven't been there before and really just get to know some of the people in Capricorn. It was really, it was really fun. I suppose one of the benefits of a place like Capricorn is that it's small. I mean, we we call it a town, but over in this village, you know, 900 people in the place now. When your ancestors lived here, Back at the time of the, the famine in sort of the mid-19th century, we had a population of 3,000. So you, you, if you're talking history, you're talking about a massive, massive drain of people from this area, as, as would have happened all over Ireland. You know, Capricorn was probably more prosperous than many places to the west of us, you know. But, but that itself has had a huge impact. I mean, probably in every city and every state in the United States, there are people right now who could actually trace their origins back to Capricorn and small towns like it, you know, all over Waterford, all over Ireland, you know. You mentioned Dungarvan. Um, I mean, Dungarvan is considerably bigger. We're talking now about a town of about 8,000. But, I mean, even in Dungarvan, there is there is a pretty intact castle which is reputed to have been built by Prince John, as in the guy that Robin Hood didn't get on too well with back in the uh, 11-1200s, you know. And there's, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that it, it certainly dates from that time, whether he personally came over and sort of, you know, did some bricks and marker work is a bit unlikely. But, uh, you know, that's the depth of history that you're dealing with in, a, in an area like this. Even the family surnames like Fitzgerald and so on, they're all Norman names, you know, that came to us uh, from the 1100s, the 1200s, and, and many, many people in this area would still have names derived from the Normans and even from the Vikings back along, you know. You know, you mentioned Capiquin being a, a small town or even a village, but even so, we found some places we really liked, uh, a, a bakery right in the center of town, a couple of fun yep. pubs and things like that. And what would kind of be, if somebody was coming there for a day, what would you have them do for that day? In Despite the fact that we've been going through a, a pretty severe recession, a lot of our businesses have battled away and managed to survive. And, you know, the prices are pretty good and everything else. You mentioned Barron's Bakery, which is a fabulous center for freshly, break, f- freshly baked bread every morning. Uh, cakes, they've won awards in France and everything else. There's even been a book published about the, 
bakery. Uh, we've got wonderful big houses belonging to some of the old landlord families, which are open to visit to, to anybody who's interested in delving into some serious history or just enjoying uh, the gardens. We've got a fabulous restaurant called Richmond House, which is constantly winning awards uh, just outside the town. A restaurant called The Tannery, which is regarded as one of the best in the country. Funny, it dawns and Capoquin called Ardmore, where they've actually got a Michelin-starred restaurant. And what about um, a day in Dungarvan? There's a, there's a great shopping district there and uh, you know, a lot of fun things to do there as well. Yeah, Dungarvan has a number of hotels, some fantastic restaurants, beautiful harbour area, which has been modernised in recent times. With the decline of fishing and the decline of Dungarvan as a port, you've, you've seen a sort of a consequent rise in the fun side of sea use. So you've got a harbour for pleasure boats, for yachts, uh, all sorts of water activities, particularly that Dungarvan will be famous for, you know. Uh, wonderful town for shopping. And I'm not sure if you use the same word in the States, but when you have the center of a town, uh, the area, we use the word a square. Do you oh, use yeah, a yeah. square? Yeah, no, yeah, okay. you, that's, yeah. Well, uh-huh. I, I'm conscious of the fact, for instance, that Times Square in New York is anything but square, okay? <laughs> no. But the, one no, of the funny the things crazies. about Dungarvan. for the crazies there. <laughs> yeah, but one, one of the funny things about Dungarvan is that it has a town square, which is actually square. Yes, we were there. Yeah. It, now, it was it, all, all the buildings in the town were demolished about 200 years ago and rebuilt. And the the landlord who, who built the entire area insisted that it would be to a, to an inch almost a square area. You know, so that that's a fascinating uh, site as well. All three story buildings surrounding this this um this area. You know, uh, another place actually very near Capaquin, sort of between Capaquin and Dungarvan, is Mount Menory, which is a beautiful monastery set in the mountains. We've lovely mountains here. I mean, when I say mountains, we're not talking about the Rockies where, you know, (laughs) you guys have mountains of 15,000 feet and stuff like that. I'm talking about hills that are very pleasurable areas for walking. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 3,000 feet is is classed as a mountain here, you know. Yeah. Well, Kevin, are we going to tell everyone why why we went why we went to Dungarvan because Jeff showed up in Capaquin wearing a cork yeah. a cork shirt. Yeah, like hopefully as you as you'll tell everybody over there, Kathleen, we're very polite people in Ireland, but we're also very tribalistic, okay? <laughs> and we, we we tend to like our sport. Um yeah, I and think we so. like yeah, we like our home areas. I mean again, going back to history, if you looked at Ireland two thousand years ago, the, the the country was made up of eighty districts which were known as Tuas. Now, some of them amalgamated over the years, but there still remain 32 counties in Ireland. Waterford is one, and fortunately or unfortunately, we are adjacent to one called Cork. (laughs) And Jeff made the drastic mistake, and I use the word drastic warily, but but conscious that it's the best word I can think of at the time. Uh, He made the drastic mistake of arriving into Capaquin in County Waterford, wearing a bright red Cork jersey. And (laughs) comments abounded. He probably didn't hear many of them and oh, might have them. understood so many of them. But I could only assume like three quarters of them <laughs> were not. I probably only heard the polite ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. You didn't hear the ones in Gaelic. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. But anyway, you were able to find your way to Dungarvan and buy yourself a Waterford jersey, which we, I'm we delighted to hear that you... Yes. We bought ourselves yeah, Waterford were... jerseys, and then we brought home Waterford jerseys and hats for everybody here to make sure they knew that's that's where my roots were and that I was not from Cork 
And Jeff no, did no, that, have that, to burn that, his that, shirt. Yeah, being from Cork is a fate worse from de- worse than death. Yes, <laughs> we would say. Him, you know, I'm, I, I'm only joking, okay? But, uh, I know, I know. Yeah. But we had and, such and believe, a great time. Believe it or not, be... Kathleen, I didn't, uh, I didn't meet you and Jeff after I saw Jeff in the Cork jersey. Oh, but I was true. told a few days later that he was spotted now wearing a Waterford jersey. So, you know, you can't do much in a small town. You can't get away with much in Ireland, you know? <laughs> You, you, everyone knows he changed his ways. He was, he, yeah, yeah, was, he, he, he saw was, the light. He was converted. And of course, <laughs> we are right. talking about we are talking about the Gaelic sport of hurling here. That's the that's the jersey he was wearing. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think Jeff Jeff is quite familiar with the sport. He's he, he's written an article or two on it in his time. But well, he tried certainly to play for it, any, that's a whole other show. <laughs> well, it's it takes about ten years to master even the basic skills of hurling. I can assure you. But for anybody in the states who has never seen hurling, H-U-R-L-I-N-G. You really got to Google it. It's, it's something else. You know? It is. It really is. We saw it at Crook Park, and it was amazing. Yeah, an incredible yeah. sport. It's, it's something where you have to be good at a number of different sports if you're going to be good at hurling. But, Kevin, thank you so much for talking with us. If people want to get more information about Capaquin uh, in particular, is there any particular website they could go to? Yeah, we've got a website, uh, uh, org, which would uh, – cover a lot of the information that I've been telling you. Uh, we've produced heritage books and uh, guides to the area, which are all available online, you know. Well, that's great. And, you know, Kevin, I'm going to work on my end here in the U.S. trying to do a mass exodus here from the U.S. back to Ireland. We look forward to welcoming you back, Kathleen, and Jeff as well, provided he's wearing the blue and white rather than okay. the red and white the next time, okay? I'm on it. I'm on it. Thank you so okay. much. You're, You're listening welcome. to Travel Brigade. You can check us out at TravelBrigade.com. You can also follow us at Travel Brigade on Twitter. We will be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I'm here with Jeff Griffin. We've been enjoying County Waterford here in Ireland, everywhere from the river all the way out to the beautiful Green Hills. Now here in the west part of the county, it's just been such a wonderful trip. I mean, I think really just connecting to the to the beautiful valleys and also to the wonderful, kind people. We've had a great time here, and it's come to the point in the show for He Said, She Said, where we each pick our three favorite things about this destination. As always, She Said goes first. Well, I'm going to go with um, my first one is the Waterford Crystal Factory. I love it's, it. Actually, this is my second time coming, and I've always purchased Waterford, but just to see it made, to have a history. Um, I actually have a great-grandfather who used to work at the Waterford Crystal Factory, so there's a, a great family tie and also just a connection there. But, of course, it's always one, you know, it's always fun to go shopping there and to bring stuff home. I actually bought a few presents there to bring home as well. So the Waterford Crystal Factory is my number three. My number three was the places we stayed at, the Athenaeum House Hotel in Waterford City, and then White Church House out in the little townland of White Church out near Capaquin. Both were great in their own way, very different. Uh, Athenaeum House, very modern and nice to be able to just go downstairs and have breakfast served and everything. White Church House, again, in a state out in the countryside that uh, just made us feel like we were living in luxury. My number two was uh, just connecting with my Irish roots. I think that's just really so 
it's so unique and so great to be able to do that. And although we came here once before, we were kind of more on the typical American schedule, which was go to Dublin, go to the Cliffs of Moher, go to the Ring of Kerry, and then we did a quick stop here. And I think that just that connection with this community here, um, it's part of me, part of, part of me, part of my homeland. My number two was the beautiful green valleys once you get inland a little bit and you can just come to valley after valley over the next hill where you're looking down and there's just six different colors of green and it's it's incredibly beautiful. My number one has to be the people. I think that's one of the things, the difference between our last visit and this visit is taking that time to actually sort of um, embrace ourselves in the community and in the culture and with the people and everyone, uh, no matter what city we're in, no matter where we were, uh, whether we knew people or didn't know people, they just were so awfully nice, uh, so welcoming, inviting us to somewhere that the community was doing. It was just, I just loved it. I think that, that those are the kinds of things that sort of make your travel experience much deeper than you know, seeing a top 10 attraction. I just, I think the people are, for me, what makes it. Mine's kind of along those same lines. We happened to be in Capaquin during their annual summer festival, and we got invited to a an evening where they had music and, you know, coarse drinks and food, and then fireworks over the river at night out in Capaquin. And that was just really fun, a, an experience I'll always remember because, yeah, we did get to get in and and, uh, mix with a lot of the local people. So that was great. Regrettably, it's time for us to leave County Waterford, head on to a new destination, but we will be back next week with another great destination. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, join us next week. Again, make sure you check out our website, travelbrigade.com and follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. See you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at travelbrigade.com.